Welcome to Open the Book. I'm your host, Stephen Briggs, and this is the podcast where we open the book and invite conversation around how relevant the Bible still is for every issue we encounter today, personally, nationally, and globally. If you're more interested in being biblically correct than politically correct, then I think you will like it around here. This new podcast coming soon is going to be multifaceted. It will feature an audio documentary series based on Genesis 12.3, which asks the question, is it still true that nations, empires, and individuals that bless Israel and the Jewish people will be blessed, and those who curse them will be cursed? Essentially, we're asking the crucial question, is God's word still in effect? Galatians 3 and verse 8 tells us that Genesis 12.3 is the gospel, so how is that outworked? It's also going to include conversations with my buddy Rex about important, sometimes taboo topics in culture today as we try to discover together what it looks like to have a biblical worldview on current events. And not only that, we're going to feature Hebrew word studies with my wife Melissa, a Hebrew teacher, that will help us to see that God's word is even better and richer than we realise. Let's close out today with a sample of what the Hebrew word studies will be like. Subscribe today, and this full podcast will be available very soon. Here's my conversation with Melissa. And now we come to one of my favorite parts of the show. This is when I get to talk to my beautiful wife about a beautiful language that she's been teaching for many, many years. She studied Hebrew at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. It's actually where we met And uh, each week we're going to have a word that we're going to look at and unpack together um, because the Hebrew language is richer uh, in depth and character um, than the English language. And I'm going to hand it over to her. So, Melissa, welcome to Open the Book. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you explain to us a bit about how the Hebrew language works? How is it organized? Why is it different in its uh, construct compared to English? So Hebrew is one of the Semitic languages like Arabic or Ugaritic or Amharic. And the Hebrew language is organized according to root letters that place a word into a family of words that all are centered around the same topic. So for example, all of the words in Hebrew that have to do with books all share the same primary consonants, the same main root letters uh, that link these words together linguistically in a way that we would totally miss in English. So for example, the family of words around books all have the consonants S, P, and R and them. So when we go to the words for library, book, story, to tell or to recount, as in to tell or to recount a story, all of those words sound similar and look similar, which helps us in Hebrew to be able to place them into this family of words. So when it comes to studying the scriptures, this is a really, really helpful tool and a really helpful system because there's a link between words linguistically in Hebrew that we completely miss in the English translations we have of them. So why is it worthwhile for Christians to learn some Hebrew then? What's what how does it enrich their walk with the Lord? So definitely not everybody needs to full learn the full language, but I certainly think that there are a handful of words, maybe 5, 10, 15 words that it would be really useful and helpful and encouraging for Christians to know the original meaning of that word. So when God originally told us that he loves us, that we should have hope, when he was talking about faith, he wasn't 
the scriptures were not originally written in English. They were written in the Hebrew language. And sometimes the exact meaning or connotation of the word has been lost over time. And this just naturally happens is, happens with languages. Now, originally the word holiday in English used to refer to a holy day. And now that's not always the case. Now we can use it to mean vacation or just a special celebration. It doesn't necessarily have its original connotation. So there's a lot of words like that in the scripture that we think that we understand. We think we know the meaning of it because we know it's nearest equivalent in English. But actually the original meaning Hebrew of that word that was spoken to us through the scriptures was even better, even richer. I like to say that the gospel is even better news than we realize because these words in Hebrew are even stronger than our English words for them. Okay, then. So what is an example of a word that we think we know what it means, but the Hebrew uh, original gives us a greater depth? Right. So a great place to start with this is the word tikva. And this is a great example of how the families of words that have the same root letters that share a same topic are really useful to us because a lot of times in Hebrew, we get a word picture from the family of words with the shared root letters that helps us to be able to better understand or visualize what would be a simply abstract word in English. So hang on a minute. We're starting with a word that is the name of Hatikva films. Explain that. Why is there a Ha before Tikva? What is it that it's talking about? Right. So Hatikva films means the hope. In Hebrew, Ha means the. And then this word Tikva means hope. But the, the real um, deeper meaning of the word tikva isn't simply hope in the way that we use it in English. As you know, in English, we might say, I hope it doesn't rain. I hope we can get pizza for dinner. I hope so-and-so comes to the party tomorrow night. And in that case, we're using hope in a sense of more wishful thinking. There's no guarantee that what we hope for is going to happen in our English word hope. So uh, give me a, uh, an example in scripture about hope then, about tikva. Where, where can we find this and what, what, what is the richer meaning that you're talking about? Yeah, so when we then look at the scriptures um, and understand this deeper meaning that when we see the word tikva in the scriptures, it does not mean wishful thinking. It means expectantly waiting for, an, a, des- for a desired outcome that is coming. This is a guaranteed hope, an assured hope. This is something so much better than wishful thinking. This is something that we can really hang on to, that can really be like an anchor to us. So if you think of, for example, Jeremiah thirty-one seventeen says, and there is hope, there is tikva in your end, says the Lord, that your children shall come again to their own border. And this is talking about the Jewish people returning to Israel. And it's not saying maybe this will be happen. This is wishful thinking that it might. It's, you know, it's iffy whether it's going to happen. This is the Lord saying this is an outcome that you can wait expectantly for, and it is coming. Are there any other examples that you can give us? So, Because uh, it doesn't just mean, it means hope and it means wait is what you're saying. Yeah, so it means hope or expectant waiting. So, for example, in Isaiah 40, verse 31, a famous and much-loved scripture, it says, But they that hope 
or wait expectantly. And there we actually have the verb form of this word tikva. It's pronounced kava. They that hope or wait expectantly, that those that have this tikva hope upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And there we see that um, this biblical idea of expectant waiting is a beautiful thing. So often in our modern Western culture, we think of waiting as a waste. We just want to rush to the action. But biblically, waiting is a useful process. And actually, um, the the root word uh, that we get for kava, this verb to wait or to hope expectantly related to tikva, uh, is this picture of somebody twisting together cords in a slow process that builds a stronger and stronger rope. If you think of a shipyard standard rope that's going to you know, tie a huge cruise liner to a dock, it's going to be a thick rope. And that rope took some time to make. It took a process of twisting many strands together over time. And that is the word picture that we get associated with kava, that antikva, that Waiting is a strengthening process. This hope, expectant hoping for the desired outcome, for the guaranteed outcome, is going to make us stronger in the process. Now, there's a, a picture in Scripture of a, a rope that I seem to record in the book of Joshua. Tell us about that as we wrap up this segment. Yeah, so this word tikva, it means expectant waiting and hoping, but it also literally means rope. This is what I was saying, that Hebrew is so helpful in giving us a visual image for an abstract idea and this word tikva has this double meaning of a rope so this is a rope that has been made stronger through a waiting process through a useful meaningful uh waiting process and when rahab is told to put that scarlet cord out the window to signify her her waiting and her salvation when the wall of jericho is going to fall that word is literally tikva Hope on a rope, we could say. And as we uh, look at that, what an amazing thing that Rahab, as she waited, was uh, was holding fast to a rope hung out of her window, a scarlet cord as we know it. But that was word in Hebrew is rope. And there we have a picture of this waiting for the deliverance to take place. And there's one final scripture you want to share with us. Yeah, I just really want to end with this truth that we are not hopeless and helpless. Whatever is going on in the world, whatever is going on in this culture around us, it is the Lord himself that offers himself as our tikva. And there's just a few beautiful scriptures that um, I wanted to finish with. For my soul, you wait only upon God. For my expectation, my tikva is from him. And Psalm 71.5 says, For you are my hope, my tikva, O Lord God, you are my trust from my youth. And so whatever's going on in the world around us, we have this strong rope that we can hold on to. Um, and Proverbs twenty three eighteen says, Surely there is a future, and your hope, your tikva, will not be cut off. So if you picture ourselves holding on to this rope, which is the Lord, it's not going to be cut off, and we are not going to be disappointed if our hope is in the Lord. Thank you, Melissa. If you want to find out more about learning Hebrew, you can visit her website, explorehebrew.com. 
hebrew.co.uk. That's explorehebrew.co.uk. And there's all sorts of articles there and different word studies that she has done, as well as one-to-one and group lessons uh, available. That's the end of this uh, program of Open the Book. We want to encourage you uh, to subscribe, to uh, share with your friends, and to... Open the book once the show ends, because that's what we're all about. The book brings light and life. The Word of God is living and active, sharpened and double-edged sword, piercing, dividing between soul and spirit, bone and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. Have a great week, and we look forward to having you with us next time.